Hi and welcome to the podcast, you're having tea with Alice. This week's episode is with Space Acre, an up-and-coming band in the UK, uh, which includes Phoebe Little, also known as uh, Harriet Briggs, who used to play with my twin brother in the UK. And they've just been locked down in France making their new album. I had a chat with them about the difficulties of... Uh, creativity in such a time and what they're going through over there and the music that they're making so if that's something you're interested in listen on I wanted to say thank you very much to everybody who has written lovely messages after last week's episode the anniversary of my mum's death I re-released the podcast that I did with her it's sort of become a little bit of a tradition for me um, to listen back to that and remember what was great about my mum so thank you very much and thank you to everybody who supports me on patreon it's an incredible thing it's an incredible thing just it's a it's a phenomenal thing to have that kind of support in a world where so many people feel more and more alone I feel less and less alone because of that support and uh, other than that, uh, if you don't listen to my daily satirical news podcast set in an alternate dimension, it's called The Last Post and it is extremely silly. There will be a live bugle coming up also next week on the 21st of o- 24th of October. Uh, so you can Google that and tune into that. And there's merchandise available for uh, Bob the Sentient Trash Island, who in The Last Post universe is running for Democratic nominee for president. Anyway... All of that aside, I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Space Acre. You're having tea with Alice, and I'll talk to you next week. So we start with, who are you and what are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm Jazz. I'm Phoebe. Yeah. And, and we're both drinking water. Well, actually, mine has... A very small amount of orange juice in it. Oh, okay. That's pretty rock and roll, isn't it? <laughs> so, but mainly water. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry to say mainly water for most occasions. Well, that's mm. all right. I'll say orange, uh, cold orange tea for jazz yeah. and yeah. pre-tea for Phoebe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so what have you been up to of late? I mean, I know, but the people listening won't know. What have you been up to? So we've both been um, in Normandy at a recording studio. Which is where studio. we are now, actually. Yeah. yeah, which is where we are now. We are in a band called Space Acre. And we, yeah, we've been recording for three months nearly mm-hmm. um, at this kind of residential recording studio in Normandy, France. So we've been recording our second EP. Wow. So, uh, that, I mean, that's pretty amazing. Three months yeah. of recording is quite an intense experience. Yeah, very. Um, what What has been good about it? What has been odd about it? I mean, it's an odd times in history and you're almost completely out of that. What's it been like looking at it from a distance, I guess? Mm. Kind of strange, actually, because um, unless I deliberately look at the news from the UK, which is where, where we're both from and where our families are, I didn't know. I don't really know what's going on <laughs> because well, yeah. we're really out in the sticks here. There's been one case in this area of COVID. Yeah, and um, yeah, so you actually have to make a special effort to to, to find out to what's, find going, out what's on, going on. Yeah, um, which is a bit strange from when it all broke out. We were in yeah. both in the UK, and you know, my sister lives in London, and um, very much aware of what was going on. And now I kind of feel like 
They're quite separate. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's it's kind of a nice thing in a way that we haven't had to be kind of in the middle of that, you know, right in the middle of London and trying to go about normal musical things there. I think it's been yeah. it's been nice to be kind of in a creative bubble away from that. Um, but it's we're we're kind of returning to England fairly soon, yeah. and I think it's going to be a bit odd returning to reality. <laughs> A changed world. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. I mean, like you know, I was speaking to my sister yesterday, and she's she's a ballet dancer, a ballet teacher, and they've only just opened um, studios for them to be able to work. And she's worried. You know, she hasn't been earning any money. She hasn't been working. Um, She's worried that they're going to lock it down like next week or the week after, and and she won't be able to. You know, it's it's completely different world. Whereas here, you know, we went to a market like and actually left because. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was absolutely packed, and and people weren't social distancing at all, and it was yeah. kind of it's it's like nothing. Everyone's wearing masks, but it's business as usual out here. It's, it's, it's yeah, an odd, odd thing. it is yeah, weird, really. but we're kind of protecting our producer because he has asthma, so obviously getting COVID would be an absolute disaster. So we've kind of been really careful. being really yeah, careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's it is kind of weird to go out being careful and everyone's just kind of yeah acting quite <laughs> normal. normal as if like you know yeah it's a normal saturday or it's a normal you know yeah it's weird that, that is yeah, yeah it's an odd thing being in australia now where we've kind of you know in in new south wales where i am we've gone for a week now with no community transmissions so everyone is just back to normal but most of my work is in the uk and i have friends yeah. in america so, uh, you know, I do a daily satirical news podcast uh, set in an alternate dimension, but it does mean I have to read all <laughs> of the news and it's all of the news from England and the United States. So it feels like I'm, I am living in an alternate universe. <laughs> yeah. Like I feel very... <laughs> a little Alice dimension. Very surreal about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah. yeah. Has it affected you quite yeah, a lot, well, Alice, COVID, just generally? Where you are. I mean, I've been immensely lucky in terms of uh, for the last three or four years, I've been doing more and more podcasting work. So the complete destruction of the live comedy industry um, hasn't destroyed my life in the way that I know it has for a lot of my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, it's this odd thing where I I'm feel like I'm watching from a different planet you know night is day I start my day in, in my evening and it's daytime where you are so <laughs> everything is upside down like it's like looking through a through a window into another world yes. and it feels very strange because you know the people I love my friends and, and everything my colleagues are there and I'm here mm-hmm. but I can't really whine about it because I'm in a good situation mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Ah. beautifully put the, I like the struggles that. Uh, I, yeah. yeah, I like the idea of looking through a window into an alternate yeah. universe. That's nice. That's nice. Especially kind of like being nocturnal at the same time. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, a, it's a weird feeling. Um, what have you uh, individually or as a duo been wrestling with recently? Quite a few things. Yeah, really. quite a few things. I mean, things like, um, I don't know, well, lots of things actually suddenly... Um, you know, like a lot of people I know have had to move back to their parents' house, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> a lot of musicians so many people that we know. are just like, wow. So this, and, and they rely on a bit like probably your your, your friends, comedians. Um, they rely on a lot of their income is from live music. You know, they, they, they had their regular gigs. Um, of course, there's no, no kind of contract. There's no sick pay. There's no, you know, anything. Yeah. And um, the government have given very minimal support to people the arts, who, yeah, and, the arts and stuff like that and um 
you know, so um, it was first the living arrangements and having everyone kind of, I, I went back at my parents and with like my sister and extra people in the house and we all had to be there. And when lockdown happened, you know, there's a lot of adults in one house and it's, you know, not much space and that kind of thing. That was the yeah. initial thing. And then trying to like, we we're trying to record. Yeah. Like, because often um, for the band, we, you know, actually we'll often start with a big old cello section for me but trying to actually get space to do that in that scenario was quite tricky and being like guys can you watch um you know netflix a little bit later because i'm picking up the explosions (laughs) through the ceiling on my microphone you know (laughs) that kind of thing (laughs) and they're like okay well if we turn the surround sound off because, you know, like, I've been waiting a week to watch this. Uh, you know, um, it's all these kind of weird compromises and kind of, you know, yeah. and it's, it, it was that. And I suppose it's been more chilled out in that way, being out here. But there's, yeah. there's, there are other struggles, you know, like now not being able to see any family and not, you know, yeah. and that kind of thing. And kind of um, knowing that people are really isolated and there's nothing you can do about it. It's, it's quite tricky. Yeah. And also trying to, like, organise, you know... Um, all of our like marketing and all of our everything that we're trying to do with the management obviously remotely and um trying to kind of figure out any future plans (laughs) at all like past any future couple of months is impossible (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. when am i gonna be on tour when am i gonna be yeah 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 for sure i'm sure that it's exactly kind of the same for you in the in the comedy industry like everything is normally planned so far in advance like a year in advance or whatever or half a year in advance you know the shows every thing that you're going to be putting out all of the you know bits of press and publicity and whatever it is that you want to be doing the lead times are so long and suddenly none of it can really be planned at all up front so it's it's kind of weird. We have we have booked in one gig. Our first our first gig for this band we've booked in for next May. Yeah. Just to have something in the diary, even though it's you yeah. know there's quite a big chance that it may not happen or whatever. Well, we don't know. Just, it might happen. It might happen. It might happen. You know, it might happen you, you, but it's just it feels good to have it booked in. Exactly. Yeah, it feels like sort of operating, uh, trying to put a machine together in a box where you can't see what the pieces are. Mm. Like you're not sure what you're working with. And and it's it's very but you have to put it together because yeah. this is your future. Yeah. yeah. And the only active choice you could make, this is something that I've been wrestling with, is that the only active choice you can make is to give up. <laughs> like that's the only decision that you would have control over. Like yeah, I could go, okay, I'm done. I'm yeah. gonna stay in Australia. I'm gonna like lock down. You know, the, I'm gonna do something completely different and I'm going to stop trying. That's the only choice mm. because every choice you make in this uncertain future is potentially missed. You know, it's potentially mm. fog. It could just d- evaporate in front of you. That's so true. And that's an odd feeling. Mm. Especially when Absolutely. you, you know, like anyone in the arts, you give everything to it, you know. it's kind of Yeah, it's, it's like it's, all or nothing, <laughs> big time. And we're no. definitely like all... Yeah. And it's... it could just evaporate. You know, in fact, it's probably the worst time to start a new band. Maybe yes and no. Oh, you, think, you think? I think that? I don't know. I kind of think there's two sides to it. I think I think it's 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 scary for us because both of us individually are kind of very used to playing a lot of live shows, and you know we've built our careers on playing live, really, mm, haven't we? Yeah. Um, up to this point, and obviously to start a new band and to have live being no part of it is, is a pretty scary prospect. Yeah. But then at the same time, we've like 
I don't know about you, but I've never had such a big amount of time just open to potentially be creative and just make new music. Yeah, that is true. As well. So that even, you know, hopefully when we can gig live again, we've got a whole load of material that we wouldn't otherwise yeah exactly yeah yeah it's about using you know trying to use the time productively or just trying to stay alive you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) just another thing there's a lot of people out there who are like i've learned a new language and i've done this and i've now started a new um business that's like flourishing and then there's other people who are a bit like I managed to get up today and, and, and watch a whole series and brush on my Netflix. Teeth, you know, and and that's cool as well, you know. Like, yeah. And I think sometimes I have days where that I'm like that, you know. Um, and um, but yeah, I was wrestling with that for a while, you know. Kind of the, you know, I should be being more productive in this time, really. But actually, I, I don't think that's necessarily true, mm. you know. And I think there's the kind of you see a lot of people on social media saying, I, I, I'm doing all these amazing things. You're like, oh, wow. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of almost like, you know, um, but I think, I think it's, I don't know, I think it's also really good that um, some people have had a bit of a rest as well. Definitely. Um, you know, um, particularly office wa- yeah, workers. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't want to minimise mm. the suffering, but yeah. I think there are these positive things that have come up. One thing that I've noticed is all my friends who have children mm. are very young children particularly, where they have babies where one of them would have had to go back to work full Mm. time. Even though it's incredibly hard to work from home, they have this access to their children that they wouldn't otherwise have had. Both uh, parents, if there are Mm -hmm. two parents, having that time with their child. Um, A lot of the people I've spoken to, and of course I'm sure there are some horror horror stories as well but a lot of the people I've spoken to it's an amazing thing Mm. or being forced to spend time with their housemates because Mm -hmm. so many of us live very separate lives now where you just go off to work in the morning you Mm -hmm. might see each other on the weekend if you happen to share a a taste in Netflix movies you might spend (laughs) some time parallel to one another but actually having to have these like annoying negotiations and working (laughs) around other people I think is not necessarily a bad thing for us to have that, you know, it's like a kind of a time travel thing where you have to be the whole family in one house dealing with each other. So true. I don't think it's necessarily all bad. Yeah, I'm sure there's there's a lot of families who in normal situations would... Mm you know, grow up with mainly like either their mum or their dad being kind of the Mm -hmm. main caregiver and like definitely kind of knowing one more than the other. And actually Mm. it's kind of cool that I'm sure a lot of kids have had so much access to both parents. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they've been annoying. And the homeschooling as well in the UK, all that kind of thing, you know, that the government were giving out things that they were home. So they were actually, you know, they couldn't, really be like oh go watch a film or go yeah, play yeah, a yeah. video game so actually having to teach their children that actually must be quite and... scary for a lot of parents or quite <laughs> I don't know I, I'd, I'd quite I'd be quite interested to see mm. what most parents have made of that whole yeah. homeschooling thing because but th- things that are difficult are normally absolutely worth it though so mm. if, it, if it's hard that's that's actually a really good thing so I'm sure yeah. there's, there's amazing things coming out of that as, as you say Alice you know kind of you know, it's probably really difficult. Like you yeah. say, the awkward negotiations and stuff, but it makes people stronger, your, your relationship stronger. And, it, you know, there's always good that comes out of suffering, really, isn't there? Yeah, I'm sure well, there's been so much bribery as, as well. Imagine how many parents have, like, bribed their children with chocolate fingers to actually, like, <laughs> do the maths yeah. puzzle or whatever. Yeah. You can have another bowl of Frosties. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. 
Right. <laughs> I've just seen so many more dads in the park. That was what was making me think Aww. about it, yeah. just proportionately. Because yeah. I've always, you know, had my evenings where I is mainly where I do my work. And so I've always been out in the daytimes mm-hmm. uh, finding a place to work or whatever it is. And it really is a shift. I see so many more fathers uh, with their children in parks. Mm-hmm. That's so nice. I mean, there's always been some, but it's just like, it's so many. It's amazing on a yeah, weekday yeah. as well. That's actually so lovely to hear, yeah. isn't it? And especially, I mean, I guess the one kind of good thing about COVID is that it's mainly kind of the worst of it's happened in the spring and summer. Touch wood, though obviously it doesn't, we don't have it get as bad mm-hmm. again over the winter. But in a way, like, thank goodness that families were able to go and do things yeah, outside. Like, yeah, exactly. And at least enjoy the sunshine together. That's Yeah, and be together. Good. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and we saw that family running down the road. Do you remember? Where? In, in like in my parents, and the, and then there was it was like mum, dad, and two kids, and they'd, oh, they'd all gone for a run. They'd together. gone for a run together. Yeah, because um, at the time you were allowed to, um, you were allowed to go for one exercise a day. But, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But for it, half it looked like it might have been their first run that they'd done in a while. But it was <laughs> it was so nice to see they were all giving it a go, you know, together. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It was kind of um, mum, cool, dad, actually. and their two kids kind of trying to catch up behind. It was really cute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you don't see uh, that very often. No. I think I'm not, I don't think I've ever seen a whole family no. going for a job together. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you do, yeah, it's normally yeah. like mum and son or yeah, exactly, dad yeah, yeah. and son was, or daughter. Cool. Or, yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah, I think it's it's that, that odd thing where you don't want to diminish people's suffering and there's so many mm. people who've suffered mm. so badly, so many people who've, who've lost family members or have these really bad long-term consequences. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I think it's important to see where things are good. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. For sure, for sure. I mean, we've been, we've both been fairly lucky in not having touch wood, touch wood yeah. family members mm. too, too much affected, but we definitely have friends whose whose lives have been affected yeah, in, for sure. in for big sure. ways. So it's, yeah, it's kind of scary to kind of, yeah, hear, yeah. hear yeah. from them some stuff that's happened, especially especially just some some people... I, th- I think that isolation is the worst. Like the people mm. that we know who are vulnerable, who literally haven't been able to see anyone for so long. I feel yeah. like that's kind of one of the worst mm. things that I've kind of, when I've spoken to people, it's, 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 it's that, that yeah. that's yeah. that's been the main problem just because people are, are feeling so lonely and isolated. Yeah, and it's so unnatural to be isolated as mm. humans. It's, 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 it's so counterintuitive in every way, you know. Um, I don't know if you have it in Australia, but the so- even the social distancing, it's so, you have to be thinking about it all the time. Because, <laughs> you know, we're, I think as humans, we're all naturally um, programmed programmed to be, I don't know, even 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 when you meet people, you shake their hand, you know, yeah, or you, you know, give them a hug or whatever. And having conversations in, in the street with people, you have to be so conscious and you can easily just fall back into naturally being very close to them because it's what we kind of do as as humans. And it's kind of... Very counterintuitive to mm. to the opposite of that. And it's, it's a yeah. weird thing. Yeah, your your in, intuition when you see someone is to take off your mask yeah. and talk to like, them. Yeah. And I have to fight that every time. Uh-huh. Either, yeah, yeah. Even though if I see somebody with a mask coming up to me, without a mask coming up to me, I, I shy back. But if I'm talking to someone, I really mm. want to like... I mean, <laughs> <laughs> gonna, like, I really want to show them my face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I feel, you know, it's... It's important. And then what about all those people who have Botox and can't, can't express things smile. with their eyebrows? <laughs> oh, I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> that 
that's so true. You can't get any micro expressions at all. It's like, no I have movement. no idea. If they, <laughs> they just have to project it with their actual eyes, but no movement. Just... <laughs> So That's so Brutal. true. <laughs> um, so you've been together, packed together for three months. Yeah. How yeah. is that going? It's you and your producer. Yes. Do you have anyone else there with you, or is it just his family? His family. Yeah. yeah his he's kids. Got, he's got young kids. Um. And yeah, it's 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 you know that we live in like a we've been living in this kind of annex. Yeah. At like that's not connected to his house, but it's it's a res- residential studio. So we've got a place to stay away from the producer. Yeah, our producer basically, and then the studio is like in another building across the courtyard over there, and um, but yeah, it's it's you get to know people quite well. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> intense for sure. Yeah, um, and and James, our producer, he's a single parent as well, so you know it's 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 quite hard going because yeah, obviously yeah. you know he's he's got to be trying to work and look after the kids at the same time, so mm-hmm. it's it's. Um, yeah, during yeah. a during a global, during a global pandemic. pandemic when he's like quite a vulnerable guy health wise as well. There's a lot of stresses going yeah. on, so it's intense for sure. But we're all just kind of trying to support yeah. each other as much as possible, and we're obviously helping with the kids and just trying to make everything run smoothly. Really, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and it's almost like the, the, the time of the studio is like the easiest bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> really. So is there a pattern to putting out an EP or an album? I mean, I know this is your, as a band, this is your first EP. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed that when I do a festival, even though I'm doing a different show at each festival, there's a, there's a, there tends to be a pattern to the way that I will experience it. You know, I do my show for X number of nights and then around the second week I really have an insight of like, oh, this is what it's meant to be and I change the rhythm or I change something uh, in the structure and it all clicks and then Mm -hmm. I feel very comfortable and happy and then about three weeks in I start to feel very tight. Like, do you have (laughs) something that is similar for you? Are all albums the same or are they very different? It's a good question. Very good question. Um, There's loads of tweaks, like as you say, and it's it's really hard to know. And I'm sure you're the same with your with your with your sets and stuff. When is it finished? And have mm. we made the right tweaks? And have we made the right decisions? Um, we kind of go with the if it still moves you on the fiftieth, sixtieth listen. Yeah, it makes it onto the record. If yeah. it doesn't, <laughs> then it's, it gets it, put in the bin. Yeah. And we, we should ha- also mention yeah. that, that jazz definitely goes through a phase oh, about yeah. like, ha- I'd say halfway to two thirds of the yeah. way through either a recording or making a music video mm-hmm. or writing. So whatever it is, there's a stage where Jasmine about halfway through will be like, I hate it. It's awful. I hate it. What are we doing? This is terrible. I was like, is this even any good? Why? Why have we spent all this time? I know. I'm like, I start apologising to people. I'm like, I'm so sorry that we spent two weeks doing this. Like, you know, I know I pushed for this idea. (laughs) Start saying stuff like that. And, you know, we made a music video quite recently. I suppose it's quite a good example of it. Um, Yeah. In lockdown. And we made made it from an installation. Basically, um, we had no access to the guys we would normally use for visuals and it was yeah. it was the most strict lockdown in the UK at the time. So we decided to make a kind of music lyric video for our first single. Yeah. Um using shadows and like this kind of installation but made out of paper yeah everything we made everything ourselves amazing yeah yeah we we kind of shot everything ourselves and i made this like big installation in my bedroom like suspended from the ceiling 
and we got a few shots of it and I went through this stage I don't know what we call it like the chaos stage or something I don't yeah know. I, I, I don't know and I was like I hate it why and why have we done this I just went around and started cutting bits of it off with a pair of scissors I was like I'm so sorry we spent so much time doing this <laughs> at least luckily so by then we'd got the footage, got the footage that we needed ready, but yeah, it's and we shot of, a bit of extra kind yeah, of doing other stuff that we needed to do anyway and the video came out so I it think was, it's probably yeah. one of my favourite videos that we've done I, so I far I think it might be my favourite video it might be our yeah, favourite it's, it's a phase that I personally go through yeah. the, the but it's normally I think shortly followed by probably only a few days later or maybe like less it's, yeah. it's kind of seems to after that moment of just <laughs> absolute chaos then it somehow just all comes together yeah, like two days like, later oh. Actually, it's really great, isn't it? Yeah. It's like so a ridiculous. miniature creative midlife crisis. Absolutely. Yeah. Every time we, we do a song or a video, it happens. Or like a string, like string if I lay down strings, you know, or, or whatever. Um, and it's probably, you know, it's, it's like, you know, on day seven. Yeah. As long as it works. If it works, it works. It works, yeah. yeah. It's, just the, it's, 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 it's stressful going through the process, but that's kind of, yeah. kind of my process. But Phoebe, you're a bit, di- you're a bit different. You're more, more chill. I'm kind of I trying think. to, I'm more chill and just trying to convince Jazz that it's all going to be okay and that it is. it has been worth it and that we shouldn't just destroy everything that we've made. <laughs> if if yeah. Jazz wasn't going through that process and you had to counterbalance it, do you think you would go through that process? That's a good question. Probably not to such a great <laughs> extent. <laughs> I think in general, I'm just more kind of, I'm I'm like the very like level realist person. Yeah. And you're you're much more of like what what I think people would expect a creative to be like. Oh yeah, like yeah. Like quite Neurotic, up and down. Is that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm a massive optimist. Yeah. Um, That's true. Apart from those moments, you're apart like, from those moments. And it's it's an odd experience for me because I am definitely the the glass is is, is half full mm-hmm. and I can see hope in any Hopefully, touch wood, you know, you never know. And most situations I can yeah. see, right, okay, we can turn us into a positive. Apart from those moments where I'm like, I hate it all, yeah. burn it. You know, um, it's quite traumatic for me to feel that in a way, you know, yeah. go, go that low. And then, but then I bounce back very quickly and I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, it's, 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 but yeah, that's, that's kind of my personality. You're yeah. more chill, really. But then actually, it's quite good because I feel like normally, if one of us is panicking, then the other one it's is calm. normally calm mm-hmm. and thinks that everything's going to be okay. So if I'm if I'm kind of having like a downer and thinking, mm-hmm. oh no, it's all going to be a disaster, then you're <laughs> normally in a place to be like, it's all going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not all you know terrible. <laughs> I give you a pep talk. Yeah, and then you give me a pep talk. Yeah, and basically kind of like that's how it works. Passing the positivity backwards and forwards. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like a productive, creative relationship to me. Mm. Um, One of the things I wonder about music, right? So I work to deadline or I work to performance. Mm -hmm. Often I won't know what a thing is until I'm in the midst of performing it. I'll work it, you know, I'll write the thing Mm -hmm. and then I'll perform it on stage and it will be, say, 80% of what I wrote because I have to shift it on the fly in response to how the audience is reacting. When you're Mm -hmm. doing comedy, Mm -hmm. your audience is your instrument, so every audience is a slightly different instrument and you have to adjust on the fly and eventually you figure out what works for most audiences and so on and so forth. It's a very iterative process. With music, as you say, you had to listen to things, you know, 50 times. Being your own audience, what's that like? I know you might not be able to say what it's like because 
you don't necessarily know the difference, but like how mm. much does the live audience play into your creative process, I guess, is the normally, question. Normally, massively, mm. I think, because um, normally there'd be a natural cycle of we'd make an EP, we'd go tour it and um, we'd get feedback yeah. and, and we and, and like you hear it through other people's ears. Yeah. Um, and having that exactly the same as you, that's really cool, by the way, that you're able to t- change things on the fly. I love yeah. that. That's brilliant. Um um, it's it's not it's not like that with music really you know you not kind of, so much. not so Apart much from maybe with the set list yeah, you know, you if you're list, yeah. if you're playing if you're playing to an audience and you, you know you're doing some like really deep meaningful songs and for yeah. whatever reason and, you know you're in a noisy pub and no one's really listening then if you suddenly like throw in, throw in some, some like cover of some yeah. song that everyone loves which is like a football chant then maybe you'll win them over yeah. and then they'll actually start listening to your next song kind of thing it could be tactical in that way definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. but also sometimes we'd not so much with this project obviously because of what's happened with covid but i mean a lot of the time as well we'd tour um, you know, new songs and road test them before deciding what to record. Exactly. That's the other side of things as well. Yeah. You know, actually using the feedback from the audience to decide what then goes on yeah. the EP. That's definitely What's, a thing as well. Yeah, for sure. And we're kind of missing that factor at the moment with with, with um, no live shows. Yeah, no live shows. So so we we don't have that kind of. I think that would normally feed massively into it. Um, yeah. I, I use other we use other people's ears. I have my trusted people that I send out mixes to and stuff like that, and say, "What do you think?" Or you know, "Are we completely off here?" Or you know, yeah. what, "What do you think?" Or I normally don't say anything, and then I like kind of wait tensely, <laughs> <laughs> like the anticipation there, the yeah. reply back or whatever. But but yeah, it's kind of um, it's a weird thing not having that aspect, yeah. and 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 you know, you'd normally go and tour it, and then mm. and then it almost informs that that um, connection with the audience and. And how they respond to it informs so many decisions in a way mm. when you're then creating again at something new. So yeah. It's kind so of, when you say it's a bit daunting in a way, daunting, yeah. knowing that when we first perform it, no one will have heard it, and we don't know if people will like it. But we'll just have to see. <laughs> so when you say uh, feedback from the audience, how, is this uh, after the performance or during the performance? How conscious are you in the moment of the audience's attention? And how precisely are you aware of their attention? Very much so, I'd oh, yeah, say. I'd absolutely. say it's mainly, I mean, a little bit after as well, because yeah, obviously yeah. you kind of, well, it depends what show it is, but often you kind of chat to the audience after the show mm-hmm. or maybe mm-hmm. they'll message you online or whatever it is. But very much, it's actually it's actually so weird. You can, you can feel, I think, mm. um, as soon as you walk out onto the stage, I'm sure it's the same for you, Alice, you can literally feel yeah. as soon as you walk out when nobody said anything, either if they're like, receptive or not there's like this weird electricity uh-huh. in the air and you just know that it's going to be amazing mm-hmm. or you just can kind of feel that everyone's just a bit like a bit frosty and bored go on then <laughs> go on impress me kind of thing and it's it's so weird it's such mm-hmm. such a weird thing but it's very much like yeah you can as you're going along you definitely know what's what's getting the best response you know, you know if it's an audience that you should be kind of like chatting to a bit mm-hmm. or if mm-hmm. you should just kind of play your songs and yeah. that's kind of it. It's it's a really weird It's weird. But, but some, I find sometimes I'm wrong about... if in, in, I've done, you know, some gigs where um, I can... Like, you can sense that for yeah. sure, I get that. But there's been other ones where, especially if it's either a slightly smaller gig or you can actually see people's faces or it's like the first two rows and it... And the stage light is lighting up the first two rows. You can see them. And sometimes you have like one person who's got a face who's like, 
so <laughs> bored. They look so bored. Yep. And they're just like, really, you know, like... Almost kind of, drowning. Almost like really like intensely bored. Yeah. And then, this has happened a couple of times, they've come up to me after the gig and been like, that was so amazing. I'm so, I was so moved. And, it's the and best it's thing I've ever seen kind of yeah. thing. And, yeah. And, and, I, and you're thinking, I n- literally could never have guessed that that was going through your head because you look so uninterested. Yeah, it's literally, so... I thought that was the most boring yeah, half an hour like... or hour of your whole life and you couldn't wait to yeah, get away. And, 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 and like, I've been wrestling the whole gig, looking at the person thinking, oh my goodness, there's none of these people were into it. And you're having to kind of like be like, still do your thing and st- still commit yeah. and still give everything you have in thinking that, that they hate it they hate it <laughs> kind of it's it's a really weird thing so you sometimes you can tell and sometimes you can't it's, yeah it's, no you're absolutely yeah. right do you know what I mean yeah I know yeah, exactly definitely. what you mean and for me it's such a fascinating juxtaposition because mm. when you're on stage you are so conscious of the audience as a mm. an entity and you I mean, I'm surprised that there isn't better language to discuss it because it's so distinct. I think for all performance, you Mm. know, that vibe of the audience and you can Mm -hmm. tell where there's a dead spot in the audience and you can Mm. tell where there's a, you know, where there's people who are uncomfortable but you haven't quite lost them yet and you can feel it in your whole body but the individual faces aren't communicating with you in the same way. Mm. So it's this weird thing of like I am 100% in tune with this audience but that one person, I'm completely wrong about them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a... It's weird. <laughs> it's really weird. And it can be so off-putting It as can well. be. That's the thing. It, it, that, it can you throw know, you off. You can, you can have people crying in the first two rows and there's one person who is not and they're, and they're, you know, they're also probably not... Their job isn't to be performing back to you really yeah it, that's not their job yeah, they, it is. They, they can, uh, <laughs> well maybe it is it's a collaborative thing isn't it um yeah. but you know maybe they're not aware that i can see how bored their face is or yeah. you know or <laughs> it's or actually made me having, you know i don't know if it's the same with you it's kind of made me be way more aware like if i'm in an audience mm. i now actually like think about what my face is doing right <laughs> because i'm so aware that like <laughs> You know, if if I look really bored, and actually I'm not, but if I like look like I'm into it, then it's like encouraging for the person. You're giving back to the yeah, exactly. I'm kind of like trying to look at least a bit excited or something. A bit like you know, if you've been a waitress or whatever, Mm. then or you've worked behind a bar, suddenly you like become so aware of just how like rude and standoffish people not like are in restaurants or like how if actually somebody is just polite when you're like serving somebody, it actually makes such a difference to your day. Yeah, that's so true. It's kind of that kind of suddenly being on the other side of it. On the other side of the counter, yeah, as it were. It suddenly makes you realise <laughs> how much of a difference your reaction makes. Yeah, for sure. That's 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 really interesting. Yeah, which brings us kind of a little bit back to this thing we were talking about before, which was this, uh, that we are... So in the modern world, we're used to thinking of ourselves as individual entities and to mm. a certain extent as consumers and being more conscious of yourself as part of a two-way street as part of a community or as a part of a group or Mm. as part of a process as with performance that as an audience member you are a a significant and important part of the performance um that there's an exchange happening it's not just a one direction thing where you're the consumer Mm -hmm. I think I don't know what I think I think that's interesting I guess yeah that is interesting that's absolutely right I think it's that's that's um yeah, on all levels, it is funny that, that that kind of like the world has been going that way. We are kind of 
see, and you see it in kind of the big cities, really, don't you? In what the, people being more and more isolated. Yeah, they're kind of on their yeah. own, and they're kind of you know self-sufficient. Kind of, kind, kind of, of, kind yeah. of self-sufficient. Or you, you, or they think there's the illusion of being like exactly. self-sufficient. There's but a actually, lot of illusion going on. I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's really cool way of looking at it. Actually, that mm. um, you know the, the audience isn't just there to take that they're actually part of the whole thing. And that's so true, you know, like mm. when a gig is amazing, it, it, it escalates, doesn't it? it? Yeah. I remember going to gigs that have been like that. Actually, mm. I went, I saw Basement Jacks. I, they're a band like from quite a few years back Yeah, now. I know Basement Jacks. And um, the, the kind of person that was at that gig um, was very giving back to the artist and uh-huh. it, it felt like a festival. So they were doing their thing on stage and they worked with all these amazing singers and session yeah. players and there were so many musicians on stage. I mean, the audience were definitely responding to that and then they were responding to the audience and it, it yeah. felt like it just escalated and escalated and escalated to this kind Snowboard. of big explosion of like, I don't know, it was like, it was it was just I, I, such an amazing gig. It mm-hmm. was a, like everyone had a massive party <laughs> together, you know, and, it yeah, was, yeah, and, yeah. and the audience was such part of that. It's kind of, um, the vibe was amazing actually. That's the kind of um, thing as well that you just can't recreate. It's such a like once in a lifetime that is, yeah, thing. Yeah, and you can I, never like recreate that particular feeling yeah. of that gig again, yeah. which I uh, think is really cool. The excitement was palpable. And both, yeah. both they, you could tell they responded to the audience and, the, and then the audience were then yeah. giving back to them. And it was kind of this batting backwards and forwards of kind of vibes. Yeah, it's really <laughs> cool. Uh, well, yeah, you're absolutely right. speaking of vibes and heading towards wrapping this up, mm. uh, this new EP, what is it called? Where can people get it? What is the vibe? What do you want to? What do you want people to get out of it? I guess, and where can they find it? So it's it's called Overthrown EP, um, and our band name is Space Acre, um, just to repeat for <laughs> clarity. Um, and you know, it's out on on all the kind of streaming platforms. So Spotify mm. is kind of the main one for us, isn't it? That's kind of you know, yeah, yeah, it's out on on Apple Music, Deezer, all, all of these places. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we want to release it on like vinyl, vinyl at yeah. some point, but we haven't done that yet. <laughs> but um, that's the kind of thing that we want to have when we, we start gigging again. When you know, we start like, gigging. so it's yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, but we will, that will happen, but it's not available yet. Yeah, not um, yet. Um, and we should probably say it's like it's we we call ourselves alt pop, but that's because it's quite. Is it cross genre? I don't know. It's, it's definitely it's, cross genre, um, and you know that's vague enough to kind of yeah. <laughs> just to fit into it. But yeah. um, it's kind of like it's. I it's, would not ask you to describe yourself. I loathe describing myself. Yeah. It's the worst. <laughs> it's really hard as well. It's like the EP is kind of quite dark, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite dark, but kind um, of uh, full of mid-tempo stompers, as you like to <laughs> describe them. Yep, uh, mid-tempo stompers. Yeah, that's probably quite quite accurate isn't it yeah. yeah and there's kind of loads of you know it's it's kind of electronic in places and there's kind of strings there's you know big string big sections string sections jazz um, likes to layer about 30 cello stems yeah um between 30 and 38 depending yeah so it's kind of it's kind of quite cinematic as well yeah, isn't so it? Yeah, parts, yeah, it's, it's quite cinematic it's cinematic but it's also it's also quite heavy in places it's yeah. it's it's kind of like um I suppose, yeah, you kind of like, it starts off more menacing and then gets more chilled at the end. That's true, actually, yeah. um, There's definitely kind of a... No, I'm not going to say that. That's too cliche. I'm not going to say it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, yeah, yeah. It it, it moves 
to different places through through the record, which yeah. is quite cool. And it kind of like shows the kind of spectrum of what we've been working on and kind of hopefully, you know, the direction we're going in type thing. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Might all change when we do our first gig. Well, as like, far as you know. making uh, plans for the future, starting dark and going somewhere light is not a bad roadmap. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we're definitely kind of still experimenting at the moment yeah, with our sound sure. and our you know um creative vision and everything so i think i think it will you know keep developing mm. quite quite rapidly actually over yeah. the next few things that we put out i think there'll be you know quite it, we won't definitely put out the same kind of ep no, again not, it no. will it will keep developing quite a lot yeah for sure for sure and who knows it might not go lighter it might go darker who knows <laughs> yeah also, yeah that's true you know <laughs> Um, not sure not sure yet oh well thank you so much for having tea with me I really enjoyed our conversation (laughs) Um, it's Space Acre uh, Space Acre the EP is called Overthrown Um, I'll put a link to it in the in the show notes so that people can find your work Um, thank you so much thanks Alice thanks for having us it's been great talking to you